Rock-a-bye, baby, in the treetop. When the wind blows, the cradle will rock. When the bow breaks, the cradle will fall, and down will come, baby, cradle and all. Greg, what are you doing? All right, all right. Two more little bullet episodes this one and next week just to kind of give you some unusual ideas that just happened to pop into my head. I think I'm not going to try this one, actually. After that, I mean, on the week of, I believe it is August 14th, the August 14th episode, which is probably the Sunday before the vast majority of us our school areas go back to school that week. Ours happens to be on the 17th. There's one school in town, a private school that doesn't go back to the 29th, but I think most of us are going to, around that time, that episode, I'll just tell you, the episode in two weeks is going to be about something that I've seen done in most every school that I've ever taught, and I'm going to try, try to talk you out of it, okay? I'm going to Try to say, you know, and I'm going to approach it from a substitute teacher standpoint because I see it done at every school and I see how it's not really effective at every school. Okay, so that's what you get to look forward to in 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 two weeks. Why in the world did I start with the nursery rhyme today when ring a rock baby we probably all sang that to our kids or maybe i'm just old enough that we only sang it back in the old days doesn't matter it fits into this topic indirectly this topic is named appropriately but i'm going to branch off from there before we're finished there was a teacher in the last month in our area that jumped on facebook i didn't see it I just heard about it. In fact, I heard about it on the radio. It wasn't a news item, of course. It was just an entertainment thing. And she had some good points. Here's what she said. I'm so excited. I'm paraphrasing. I'm so excited. I just got a new teaching job. I can't wait to read all those stories to those kids that's going to traumatize them for the rest of their lives. Now, she meant it in a joking way. Here's why. You know, there's stories that were read as kids, and, you know, I don't know why Lord of the Rings pops into my head, but, you know, that's the reason I shared that nursery rhyme. That nursery rhyme, I mean, if you just follow the words, that's terrible. Why are we singing that to the young infants of the world? And that's that teacher's point, you know, as an English teacher or more specifically literature, some of the things that you're reading to those kids, you know, it, it has pretty traumatic results or it could bother them, especially if certain things are going on in their life. And I say all that to say this, we still learn from those. There's still a reason why we need to uh, learn those, especially in high school. I mean, you start reading the more cutting-edge stuff in high school. You can go back and find plenty of movies about book burning, which is terrible because people didn't think certain books should be in libraries. That's in the history of the country. That's been relatively recent. But, you know, there's some books that we read 
because it's good for them to learn the value of that literary document. Now, there is only an indirect reason I'm bringing all that up, okay? Here's something that popped into my head this week. I'm trying to think of a couple of unusual things. You know, last week was Kangaroo Courts. That was a very popular episode. I had some comments on our Substitute Teachers Line Facebook group. Nobody was really adamant either way, but some thought it was a great idea. I'm talking about the Kangaroo Court. Some thought it was a great idea. Some didn't think it would work. Some said it wouldn't work in my area, and, and I'd say all three of those comments is probably true. Here, So today I wanted to think of something else, and I'm thinking, all right, what has worked best for me in settling down the kids? We, we try that often, especially at the beginning of class. So here's what I think I might try to start doing. I think I'm going to open every one of my substitute classes reading to the students. Now, I don't care what age group you're in. If you find a story that's interesting enough, now I'm not talking about an assignment. I'm talking about just an extracurricular, doesn't matter what topic you're in, some kind of reading, maybe five minutes at the most. And it has been my experience that anytime I'm reading out loud to the class, that's when they're the quietest. Most of the time, it's because they're maybe afraid of being disrespectful because it then begin, then begin becoming coming so obvious. The ones that I've had to call down in the middle of a reading, they usually apologize. Now, to be honest, you have to kind of be careful because they might actually be whispering to their neighbor about the reading. You can usually see that in their eyes, though. You can see if they're paying attention or if you can see that they're distracted. So I'm talking about some interesting things just to the two examples that I mentioned, and I mentioned this first one in the last couple of weeks when I was reading to one class and the paraeducator was in there and she called her teacher right on the spot and said, you need to ask this guy back. He does a pretty decent job. He doesn't mind reading to the kids. I held their interest. I held their attention anyway. I'll at least put it at an attention level. I held their attention for the period of time I was reading. They were very good about it. And as I then thought, every time I had read, students do tend to simmer down a little bit. Now, I think that then means that we should get in a habit the first five minutes of every class, have something to read to them, okay? Make it interesting. Now, two things, I'm kind of a, to be honest, a nonfiction guy, and a lot of times that makes it a little bit more difficult. I mean, nonfiction is is interesting to me, but you got to make sure it's something that will hold their attention. Whereas maybe if you read Harry Potter to a certain age group, that's going to hold their attention for sure. In my case, here's a couple things that I've read recently that I think they would like. Now, it doesn't matter what age the kid is, even though this movie was back in the 70s, I read the background of how Jaws, the movie, was made. I think every kid knows that the movie Jaws, even though they may never never seen it, is about a shark. They might think it's about a wrestler, but it's about a shark. And I read a behind-the-scenes book this week. 
I think there's some very cool things about how they made that movie that I might just read at the beginning of a class just to kind of grab some attention. Once you grab that attention, you won't hold it the whole class, but it just seems like it's a little bit more focused, especially if it's intended to be fun and not really aimed at the topic at hand that day. I'm also a very big theme park kind of guy. I'm getting too old maybe to ride some of the rides. I don't know. I did ride the coasters at a park I went to four years ago. I haven't been back on a coaster since then. I still do zip lines and stuff like that. I think one of the books that I read recently about a theme park, about the history of theme parks, about where they originated, about how Six Flags was the first theme park chain. It wasn't Disney. It was Six Flags. They were the first company to have more than one park in a chain to open. But behind-the-scenes stuff about how they design things, how they plan things. I read one about how they—it was a, an entire book, and— I thought it was going to be boring, but you know, I'm one of those, and I get those Amazon emails every day, a lot of books that get marked down to $1.99. A lot of times, I'll at least look to see if they're published in the last 10 years. Otherwise, I feel like they're just trying to dump a book on me, but this one was pretty fascinated. I've always liked Disney, but this is the first time I'd read a book that was only about the schemes and the things they had to do to buy the land in Orlando, the Orlando area, to build that park on. So maybe I'll read five minutes of that. I think that would be fascinating to them. The other thing I thought of, probably the time that I've talked to a class on something I had come up with on my own was in a class that was otherwise very inattentive. I knew it going in. Every teacher in the hallway told me that. I know that that same class has had discipline issues since I'd been there. But I can recall the one time where everybody in that class was looking at me about what I had to say. Or in this case, it was about what I had to write up on the board. The lesson plan just happened to be about the Great Depression, the Dust Bowl, the stock market crash of 1929. So in this regard, I guess it was a little bit related to the topic, but it made me think about why banks fail. And I went through that whole process with them on the board, and I said, I'm going to lead this into a discussion about how you can make a lot of money and be comfortable in your retirement. You know, that's kind of my background. So I already had some template worksheets to work from, but we got to talking about how just like if you'd ever seen the Christmas movie, It's a Wonderful Life, you even hear Jimmy Stewart say, we don't have your money here. Your money's in Fred's house and your money's in Jack's house and that kind of thing because banks take in money but that same cash they loan right back out. So the cash is not really in there. It's just on paper. They know that they owe you the amount of cash. Now, today it's insured. Back then it's it wasn't. But, it you know, to a kid that knows nothing about it, that almost sounds illegal, doesn't it? We take your money, we give it to somebody else. And they charge interest, of course, and make money. But I showed them how banks can can fail how if a hundred people made a deposit and all hundred of them wanted to get the, all of their money back out at the same time, the bank wouldn't have it. 
all that kind of discussion. Then I led into the stock market crash about how when things become uncomfortable, that people you know, start selling stock and the prices go down. I showed them how to go out and find some stock on their own and how I had taught nurses how to invest and how if they stayed with a company for so long that had a good matching policy, they could have plenty of money in retirement. I told them, I showed them how with some breaks, they could actually have, you know, over a million dollars when they retire, even though, you know, it's not a promise, but that's something they could do. And I did that at the beginning of class. And this is honest. This was a long-term class, and that's probably the most attention they had ever paid to me. One of the students, I saw him on his phone, and I'm not a big fan of putting a phone up when you're an upperclassman in high school because a lot of them use it for research in class. I have them use it. I tell them to use it sometimes as part of the class. And I asked him what he was doing. He said, Mr. Collins, I'm actually getting on Robinhood. I, I think I want to invest $100 right now. And I said, well, don't do that just because I told you to. And don't pick a stock just because I mentioned it because it might fail tomorrow. And he said, no, I understand. He said, this is $100. I've been wanting to kind of put in a savings account, but they're not going to earn anything. So why not I try this? But that held their attention just long enough for that. So Long story short, and every time somebody says that, it's already too long of a story. It's too late. But I think what I'm going to try in substitute teaching, and here it is. This episode is on July 31st, 2022. I have already been asked. I'm subbing this year. As you probably know, if you listen to every episode, I'm only doing a day at a time or a few days at a time. I don't want to do any long-term anymore because there's other things personally I want to do too. But I am going to try, every time I sub, to have something enjoyable, funny, interesting. Maybe if it's just something I read in the inter- on an entertainment website or something I picked up about somebody's vacation that went wrong or went right, something to that effect. Find something that you like that you're reading, that you saw, or that you know from your knowledge, read to them. Even if you're talking, it is more formal if you at least appear that you're reading it to them. Read it from your phone, if nothing else. I'm going to start doing that to get control of the class in the first five minutes, make it interesting. If it's interesting enough and there's still people talking, well, your good students are going to tell them to shut up, basically. I don't like saying shut up, but they're probably going to tell those students, be quiet. This is a good story. I want to hear how it ends. And that's what I'm going to try. So try reading a little bit at the beginning of your class to get the classes in order. And as we head back into another school year, maybe just these little dribs and dravels new things that we try in the classroom will help those classes flow more smoothly.